Good morning, greetings in Jesus' name to each one. It's good to be here with you and to worship with you. I hope you like object lessons. I have a little little one here this morning. Years ago when the when the mini mag light came out, it was a light to have. Not only was it small, but it had a feature where you could adjust the the beam. It was a very handy light. A number of years later, they came out with a, with a replacement LED bulb that you could put into them, and, and that made it, made it brighter. The early mini-mags had 97 lumens. Over the years, flashlights have, have come a long way. Here is a a small light that I use at work and it has 550 lumens and I also have another another light that's just a little bit not much but a little bit bigger than than this one and it has 1200 lumens and so yeah, flashlights have, have come quite a ways. And, uh, and then also I have, have a candle. <laughs> Anyone want to guess how many lumens that it gives when it's lit? Anyone want to guess? Well, you're close. It's half of that. It's 12 and a half lumens. When, when the candle's lit. And so, yeah, we, we like candles. They, they come in handy at times. But, uh, you know, when the power goes off, a lot of us don't go for the candle anymore. We go for our good flashlights. Well, I'm fascinated by the way flashlights have, have gotten brighter. Lights in general are, are being, being made brighter. This morning I want to, to talk about light. First I want to, want to tell a story. A young boy around the age of nine went with his parents to Europe one summer. And part of their tour included visits to the, the great old cathedrals of, of the past. And as he, as he visited cathedral after cathedral, he saw the, the massive stained glass portraits of, of the disciples and, and of the other saints. And he was very impressed as he, as he stood in these, these empty halls, looking through the, the beautiful stained glass windows. And upon returning to his, to his church, he was asked by the Sunday school teacher about the, about the great churches of, of Europe and what he liked the most. And he said, I love the sense of awesomeness and hugeness of who God must be. And so the teacher asked, 
What is a saint? And his mind went back to those, those massive stained glass windows. And he said, a saint is a person the light shines through. And that's a good definition of, of what a saint of God is supposed to be. We have, no, we have no light of our own. But like the moon, we are to reflect the light of Jesus to a, to a lost and dying world. Some weeks ago, I was, I was in a home looking at some work that needed to be done. And we were going from, from room to room looking at some of the work that, that needed to be done. And as we came to this, this one room, came to the door there, he, he stopped and he said, he said, you'll have to overlook my son's mess. And I, I told him, well, I have sons too. <laughs> but he said, we had to tell him to leave because we found out that he was into drugs. He said, we have people praying for him. And what he said next took me by surprise. He said, you look like a praying person. Would you pray for him? And I assured him that I was and, and that I would. And I didn't get the, get the boy's name, but the family is Ken and Amy Rocher. And if you happen to think of Ken and Amy and their son, breathe a prayer for them. You can turn with me to Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> Here the Lord gives us some insight into light and the place it is to, to occupy in spiritual matters. And I want to show you from this passage the truth that you can't hide from the light. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. His light penetrates even the, the darkest places and the, and the blackest of hearts. And he gives us some insight into his light. And I want to share a few of the facts of light, not the facts of life this morning, but the facts of, of light. I'd like to begin reading at verse 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given." For he that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And I'll stop reading there. Light has its, has its purposes. Here Jesus taught his disciples using another parable. He uses the common image of, of a candle to teach a profound, profound spiritual truth. In that day it was probably would have been an oil lamp. Every house had at least one. It was used to provide light in the house. 
Houses in that day had, had notches cut in the walls so that a, a lamp could be, could be placed there. When a lamp was lit, it was, it was not lit to be, to be hidden under a basket or under a bed. The lamp was lit to be placed in a high location so that everyone in the house could receive light. This parable is, is designed to illustrate the, the purpose of, of spiritual light. When Jesus shared the word of God, he was, he was giving light to the world. His light was given to, to speak to people trapped in spiritual darkness. To show them that there was a way for them to be saved. While Jesus was here. He was the light of the world. In John 9, he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Our Lord's light burned brightly, teaching men about the, the love of God. And we know that from John 3.16. His light was designed to, to reveal the, the heavenly Father to, to fallen men. Turn to, to John, John 1. John 1 and verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now turning over to chapter 14. And verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? His, his light increased in its intensity until it shone with the glory of heaven as he, as he gave his life for, for sinners. On the cross. And then it, it burst forth in, in radiant beams when he, when he rose from the dead. Our Lord's light was, was not designed to be hidden away. He came to this world not to, not to hide the truth from men, but to reveal the truth to, to those in darkness. When he saved us from our sins, the Lord placed his light within us. He doesn't want us to, to hide the light. He wants us to allow his light to shine through our lives so that others might see the way to God. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ephesians 5.8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Far too many Christians are, are guilty of, of hiding the light. Turn to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, beginning at verse 11. 
And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. There's four things that we are taught here. When to awake, how to dress, how to walk, and what provisions to make. Verse 11 says, Now is the time to awake out of sleep. Awake. Be concerned about about your soul and your eternal interest. Live in constant expectation of, of the coming of the Lord. And then how to dress. When we are awake and up, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. It's time to dress ourselves. We must put off our night clothes, cast off the works of darkness. Sinful works are, are works of darkness, and they end in destruction. We are to put on the, the armor of light. Christians are soldiers in the, in the midst of en- enemies, and their life is, is a warfare. Therefore, their array must be, must be armor, that they may stand upon their defense. The armor of God. In verse 14, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is is the best clothing for for Christians to adorn themselves with, to to arm ourselves with. And how to walk? When we are are dressed up, we are not to, to sit still. Christianity teaches us how to walk so as to please God. We are to walk honestly as in the day. We are to to walk as children of light. And what provisions to make? Verse 14 says, Make not provision for the flesh. Our great care must be to, to provide for our souls. The necessities of the body must be considered, but the lusts of it must not be gratified. Light is a, is a tremendous gift. Can you remember when the darkness of, of your sinful past was shattered by the light of the gospel? Do you remember when the Lord placed his light and life within you? If so, then you know the value of that light. Don't hide it. It must be shared with, with a lost and dying world. Going back to our text in Mark chapter 4 and verse 22. 
light has its powers. The Lord reminds us that light holds the power to make hidden things plain. The light that Jesus came into the world to display not only reveals the the hidden things of, of God to man, it also reveals the hidden things within man. And that's why so many people who have have heard the gospel message, have have rejected it. The gospel is a message of salvation, but it's also a message of confrontation. It's a message that reveals the, the darkness of the human heart. People are like insects and other creatures of night. They, they flee light when it, when it shines upon them. Why? Jesus said it was because their deeds are evil. When the light of the gospel shines into a person's heart, it it reveals all the darkness contained in that heart. And that is a painful experience for the lost sinner. Yet when the darkness is, is exposed to the light, the darkness will have to flee in salvation will be the result. We also need to understand that there is coming a day when all hidden things of darkness will be revealed. Christians will see all of their secrets exposed at the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14, 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Lost people, we'll see their secrets revealed at the great white throne. You can turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. No one has ever gotten away with sin. That is a clear teaching of, of the scriptures. In Genesis 48, we have the account of the sin of Reuben. He was caught up in, in adultery. And he lost his, his birthright and blessing. We won't take time to turn to it, but in Joshua chapter 7, we have there the sin of Achan, how he took the gold and silver that was, did not belong to him. 
And we know what happened. He took, they were instructed not to, not to take anything. And it says, he and his family and possessions were destroyed. Also in Acts 5, verses 1 to 12, where, where Ananias and, and Sapphira sold land and they kept part of the money. And we know what happened to them. The hidden works of darkness will always be brought out in the light. None of us will be able to hide from sin. The end of Numbers 32, 23 was often quoted when, when I was growing up. Be sure your sin will find you out. It's far better to, to drag your own sins out into the open and confess them to the Lord than it is to hide them away waiting for God to to expose them. And they will be exposed. When we get honest about ourselves and about our sins, we can experience His forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we try to hide our sins away, they destroy us from, from within. Verse 23 says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Are you listening? Verse 24, Light has its privileges. This verse is, is rich in truth. We are cautioned to, to listen to the, to the right voice. We are counseled to, to pass the truth on to others. And we are comforted by a precious promise. I'd like for us to unpack these, these three statements for just a moment. We are cautioned to listen to the right voices. There are many voices competing for our attention in these days. And we must be careful that we only hear the Lord's voice as He calls us to Himself. The right voice will always speak words that, that line up with the Bible and point you to Jesus. When we hear that voice, we must make sure that we heed what it tells us to do. When it calls us to come to Jesus to be saved, we need to come. When it calls us to a life of, of deeper commitment, we need to obey. When it calls us to a life of service, 
We need to surrender. We need to be aware of how we hear that voice as well. Like Abraham, when, when he was called to offer up his only son Isaac, we need to be listening for the voice of the Lord to speak to our hearts. We are counseled to pass the truth to others. We've already mentioned this, but the Lord has called us to, to share the truth that we have received. There in Matthew 28, we are commanded to go and teach all nations. I was talking to someone several weeks ago about their neighbors, their neighbor who had passed away. He was killed in a motorcycle accident not far from home. The outward sign shows that he wasn't ready to, to meet his Lord. But this person's questions, question was, and they were a neighbor to them, and, and she asked, did I do enough? And I'll be the first to admit that I don't speak to my neighbors enough. I'm forced to see them twice a year when we canvass for Bible school and, and then at Christmas time my wife makes, makes cookies and she has me go and, and pass them out to the neighbors. No, I'm not forced, literally. <laughs> but it takes planning. It takes effort. Now, you all have Nathan as your bishop here, and you know that he gives you homework. Well, I'm going to spare you of some homework this morning. The word go in Matthew is an action word. And I'd like to just give you some definitions of this word. To move on a course. To travel to a place. To follow a certain procedure. To proceed without delay. To move along in a specified manner. To begin a motion. Maybe we need to sit down and figure out how we can reach our neighbors better and more often rather than just twice a year. What are we doing to reach the lost? Of all the things you can do with, with your life, perhaps none is, none is greater than taking the time to share your faith and the things God has shown you with others. We've been given a great privilege in being called to, to proclaim the gospel to the world. We are comforted by the Lord's promise. The idea here is that those who listen to what the Lord is telling them and obey Him by giving their faith away will see Him reveal even more truth to them.
If you truly want to know the deep things of God, take the time to share the things you already know. Give away what He's given you. Did you learn something about the Lord in, in your private devotion today? Give it away. There's an ordained man in the valley that puts a nugget every day on, on WhatsApp from his devotional. He gives it away. Did you glean a nugget in Sunday school? Give it away. Did you get something from a sermon recently? Give it away. Did God open your eyes to a deep truth in His Word? Give it away. And as you, as you give away the truth the Lord has revealed to you, He will, he will give you more truth. If you hoard up the truth and keep it to yourself, the Lord has no reason to give you more truth. The gospel is, is the only commodity that becomes more valuable as you give it away. Amen. As, we, as we share our faith, we are making an investment in others and in our own spiritual growth. In John 7, 38, we are called to be rivers of living water. We are to let the truth flow out from us. Far too many Christians act like ponds. The truth flows in, and nothing ever flows back out. And we know what happens to a pond like that. It becomes stagnant. We serve a God who specializes in giving us more. God doesn't just pardon. He abundantly pardons. He doesn't just give mercy. He delighteth in mercy. He doesn't just save. He saves to the uttermost. God doesn't just save the sinner and forgive his sins. He adopts him into the family. He gives him peace, joy, hope, and blessing. He provides the assurance of salvation. When we, when we follow his will for, for our lives, we have the hope of eternal life. We have a Savior who, who gives not of his riches, but according to his riches. You know, when a billionaire gives a dollar out of his wealth, he has given, but he hasn't given much. When a billionaire gives according to his riches, he can do a lot of good. But God's giving makes what a billionaire give look pale in comparison. 
God reaches into His vast store of heaven and He keeps on giving us more. More love, more mercy, more forgiveness, more grace, more hope, more blessing, and the list could go on. In verse 25, light has its promises. The person who, who hears the truth and passes it on will see his ability to, to receive truth expanded. And as this kind of person hears the truth and gives it away, the Lord continually reveals more truths to him. He grows in the things of God in ways he would never have imagined. And that is the promise to the person who gives away the light. The person who rejects truth will see his ability to recognize truth diminished. Not only will this kind of individual receive less truth, they will eventually lose their grasp of the truth they once had. As a child, I mastered the, the Rubik's Cube. I would have to learn all over again. Rejecting God's truth is far more serious than, than failing to keep up with mastering the Rubik's Cube. Rejecting spiritual truth will develop into a tragedy in the life of every person who rejects the light. The little candle holds tremendous power. It has the power to dispel darkness. The candle gives its light at great costs to itself. As the candle gives away its precious light, its very life is consumed. And this is a perfect illustration of, of what Jesus did for us. He paid a high price to bring his light to the lost. He died on the cross so that we might have light and life. And when he saved us, he kindled that light within our hearts. We must let our lights shine so that a world lost in darkness might see the way to come to God. It may cost us everything to give the light to others, but we must be willing to pay the price. May we never be guilty of, of hoarding the light, of hiding the light, or hindering the light. May we let our light shine for the glory of God. Shall we have a song?